Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ahoy, hello, welcome along. It's a brand new episode of Writer's Routine. This week, chatting to an author that's dived into a lot of different genres, uh, Luca Vesti. He writes crime, thriller, horror, and his new book is called You Never Said Goodbye. We talk about what happens in the year of a writer, also how becoming a confident author has changed what he's willing to work on and what he thinks about whenever he feels the pressure of storytelling. I have the best job in the world. I get to sit there and make things up for a living. That's the, the that's a gift um, that someone has given to me to have, you know, to, to be able to do for, with my life. Uh, so in those early days where it's, you know, you're discovering new characters and, 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 and new settings and, you know, it, you have the endless possibility of going anywhere with the book. Um, that's that's the best time. There's all that and loads more. So much more on the way with Luca Vesti in this week's Writer's Routine. Yes. Hello, welcome along. This is Writer's Routine. The show, it's dead simple, where we take a look inside the working day of an author really is that easy we look at how they get ideas how they sit down where they sit down when they sit down why they sit down to get that idea out and hopefully to publish it my name's dan simpson thank you for being there this week we're chatting to luca vesti he's known for the murphy and rossi books but has written many other thriller and crime and horror novels and he really is immersed in the writing world even if you've never read any of luca's work you might know him from blogging online or hosting the two crime writers in a microphone podcast or co-founding the Locked In Festival. He also plays in the fun-loving crime writers. He is the third member of the band to be on the show, along with Mark Billingham and Val McDermid. Also, you've got Chris Brookmeyer in there, Stuart Neville and Doug Johnson. We talk about that, why he's so into the world of writing, why that's such a big deal to him. And we chat all about his brand new book, You Never Said Goodbye. Uh, It's all about Sam Cooper, who lost his mum early in life. And then Sam gets a call from his dad, which changes everything that he thought he knew about his mum. You can hear how the idea has been brewing for Luca since a very similar thing happened to him when he was only eight years old. We also talk about how he works with an editor and if he manages ever to switch off from the story... And you can hear what a year looks like in the life of a full-time author. 
that's all on the way and we kick things off as we always do with Luca Vesti and what he sees around him in the place where he sits down to write so I have a large canvas painting on the not painting picture on the on the wall next to me on the on my left which is uh, of the fun loving crime writers the the band of crime writers I'm a part of um, that was bought for me one Christmas uh, so that's like a quite, kind of reminder of while I'm writing that there is fun to be had as well <laughs> John being a writer um, there's uh, a globe on my desk which I just thought looked nice uh, and then behind me are all my bookshelves which are filled with um, all the various books that I've acquired over the years so uh, d- you've got the globe on the desk you said just uh, what else is what else is on that desk in front of you like writing paraphernalia I'd imagine is there a lot of notebooks and post-it notes how does that look so it's it's a lot of post-it notes uh, it's it's a lot of uh, scribbles um, of various ideas um, lines uh, plot points uh, that make no sense to anyone but myself uh, it's, it's, um, it's just a, a it's it's basically my brain just on 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 paper uh, which tends to make the 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 process a lot more difficult than, than it should be uh, I did uh, try getting a whiteboard when I was when I was about a few couple of years into into being a full-time writer I thought right I need to be more professional uh, and I've seen all of these professional writers with these whiteboards so I went to my local Tesco and I bought two and they still live in my office but I don't remember where they are now um, <laughs> and they have the notes for a book I probably wrote about eight years ago still on them why could you not persevere with them what was it about them that kind of uh, wasn't how you imagined they would be no i think it was just it, it wasn't um it, it, it wasn't exactly how i needed to i couldn't you know it was the whole writing on the board and then referring back to the board the boards weren't big enough uh they, they, didn't, they didn't make sense because i had to write smaller it was it was just i find that like just a, a random bunch of notes is what kind of works better for me um which is it's a strange thing because anyone who comes in and sees it thinks that i may have slightly lost my mind and and don't know how to to order my thinking is there a system or structure in the randomness to the notes, e- even the way that you lay them out, maybe? There, there, there is to me, um, and, and I can kind of quickly find things that I need to find. Uh, so there is, you know, there is order to the chaos in my head. Um, I mean, there are moments of, of absolute terror when I realise that I've written four pages of notes that I have absolutely no idea what they refer to, what, what they're for, um, and, you know, I just leave them. I leave them to one side, and I hope at some point, and it usually does work, um, I will remember what I, was, what I was telling myself to do at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Aside from these notes, is there any formal plotting or structure anywhere or does it all just exist inside your head Uh, for the most part it exists inside my head um and i don't tend to plot out uh, exactly what i'm going to write um because i would get bored very quickly if i if i kind of wrote to you know a script um of of, of a sort um so i i i I do keep 
you know, a lot of it in my head of like, I need to get to from, from this point to the next point. And, and then I'll sit down and write and, and, and see how that, that works. Um, but no, I don't tend to plot out from, you know, page one to page 400, exactly what's going to happen. Um, because I change my mind quite a lot while I'm writing. Run me through this. It gets quite niche and nerdy. Um, listeners are very interested in like software and font. So what are you writing on and what do you write with when you're on there? So I have a desktop computer um, and I write on Microsoft Word in Times New Roman font 12, double spaced. Uh, I I was I I I found Times New Roman to be the best font. Um, from, for that that made sense to me. I've tried Garamond. I used to write in Arial, which is which I can't do now. And I look back and think how I ever did that because it just doesn't look right. I, th- I find that Times New Roman actually looks more like a book when you're when you, while you're writing it. So. Um, th- this is niche and nerdy, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's, it just it gives me the feel that I am, uh, uh, you know, that what I'm writing is actually going to end up in the book, whereas something like an aerial or, you know, God forbid, Comic Sans would look like just the the, the mutterings of a, of a of a crazy person. What's interesting is that that's probably the most. De- in detailed answer I've ever had to the font question of, of you kind of floating around this is what I've done in the past and now I'm doing this that's amazing um but listen Luca the uh, the show is writer's routine so talk us through yours if you will the um the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed on a day when you are writing how does it look so I'll get up at around uh I'll get up around half seven eight o'clock uh the I've got two children who are in high school so they uh they'll toddle off at about 20 past half past eight to school which is only a few minutes away uh then my wife and I will uh invariably watch whatever's on channel four that morning which is you know usually one of the U.S. sitcoms there that's often repeated uh so it'll be you know king of queens or everybody loves raymond or or frazier um, and we'll i'll have breakfast and i'll sit down to my at my desk at about half nine um and then i'll probably spend an hour procrastinating before i actually start uh you know i'll answer email i'll check social media um and then i'll start writing and i aim to 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 write it about a a thousand to fifteen hundred words that morning um so it'll be a couple of hours uh i don't read over what i wrote the day before um i know a lot of writers do that i don't do that i tend to just keep going until the end Uh, i'll stop for lunch half 12 till one o'clock i'll have a a long lunch (laughs) <laughs> an hour and a half two hours maybe uh and i'll check you know i'll procrastinate again i'll check uh what's what's changed on social media in the last hour and a half what's uh, what's the latest news what's uh is there any new emails is the you know I'll, I'll i'll be chatting to someone on whatsapp or you know i'll get a phone call from a friend or so then I, it'll be about two two thirty i'll get another hour or so in the the kids come back from school or half three, uh, we catch up with them, um, and then I'll get another hour in where I'll get five hundred words, possibly, hopefully, in, uh, and then I'll start cooking tea at about five o'clock. Um, that's the nice day. When I'm getting closer to a deadline, that's very, very different. Um, so what will invariably happen is I will get to. 
around 60,000, 70,000 words and realize that I want to change everything because I've had another idea. So I will uh, then be working from 9 o'clock in the morning till 9, 10 o'clock at night, uh, sometimes later, uh, where I'm basically revising what I've written earlier on um, to make sense to what I'm writing now to change, you know, aspects of the book um from from earlier on um so it all makes sense <laughs> and that'll take uh, you know so i'll be writing possibly five to six thousand words a day but also deleting one to two thousand words from earlier in the book because now it doesn't make sense um and that usually happens a week or two before i'm about to deliver the book um but yeah so they're the days where i don't like to that's when i don't i don't that's when i pretend that i'm you know you know that that's the, the the days that I don't um, tend to remember when I'm writing when I'm talking about writing a book uh, because they they're just they they're the bad days but yeah the the nice days are the beginning of the process where it's just a nine to five job with a lot of breaks and um, you know it's it's nowhere near as difficult as those couple of weeks at the end of the process. Now I know that you're cracking through the words as you've said. I mean you must get. Uh, well over two thousand done in in a in a day. Ideally, it does sound like quite joyfully leisurely, uh, you, 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 and but quite compartmentalised as well. So you know that right. I'm going to write for this hour, then I'll break and I'll have my lunch, and then this hour, then the kids will come, then I'll write for this hour. Uh, how I get? I guess how, how much pressure do you find now? You are a full time writer. How much pressure is there, and do you feel to to to, to get it done? when you are when you are there on your writing days uh, the pressure is always there because you know uh, i've got rent to pay so it's you know the book has to be finished uh, and it has to be finished in good time um but i i i i, do, I, I don't tend to, to feel the pressure until it's getting much much closer to to a deadline but that beginning bit there isn't any pressure i'm sitting there having you know discovered that i'm I have the best job in the world. I get to sit there and make things up for a living. That's the the that's a gift um, that someone has given to me to have you know to to be able to do for, with my life. Uh, so in those early days where it's you know you're discovering new characters and and and, and new settings and you know it, you have the endless possibility of going anywhere with the book. Um, that's that's the best time. That's and it's there's no pressure there really. It's just an absolute joy to do. There is that flip side of, you know, you you are taking a gamble every time you start a book because you could work for months on a book that may never see the light of day, which has happened to me twice, um, where I've had to stop writing because it just wasn't working. Um, but it doesn't mean that when I sit down for the next one that I think I've got to get this right this time because I may, may spend months not, you know, and have nothing to show for it at the end. Um, I, I still find it a, a joyful experience, um, especially with the, the books I'm writing now, which are very different to the ones I started writing, where there is just an endless possibilities of, of, of what I can do with a certain group of characters. Um, and I enjoy seeing where my brain will take me um and sometimes it'll you know it'll send me in, into blind alleys and 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 you know that that's not fun but um 
it, it, most of the time, it's, it's it's still the best. I've had some terrible jobs. This is still the best job I've ever had. So I always feel grateful for having it. What what tricks and tips have you learned along the way for maybe unblocking yourself when the words are struggling to come out? Maybe a walk or a cup of coffee at a certain time, anything like that? Maybe music for you in the background? I constantly have music on while I'm writing. I can't write in silence. Um, that That just is... It's anathema to me. I can't do it. Um, so I, I'll have music on constantly, but that doesn't tend to have any effect on on anything other than to just have something on in the background. What stops me from getting blocked? Which I say stop. It doesn't really stop. It just it it kind of helps if I do. Is just a walk. Usually, just around the house will do. Um, my wife will be will be you know sitting in the living room and i'll just appear all of a sudden <clears throat> and and i'll be just stood at the the, the window just looking out <laughs> just at the, at the street just 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 having a little, little nose of what's going on and and then i'll i'll walk around the house and and go back to my desk and suddenly i can i can see where i'm supposed to be going with that sentence of finished you know stopped it mid-sentence of i can go back and uh and it seems to have unlocked, but when it gets a bit worse than that, yeah, I have to step away. Um, that's the, the 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 biggest tip I've got is is not just to keep trying and trying when it's just not happening. It is to to step away, go for a walk, go and do something else, um, and and that will that helps me a lot. Um, but it tends not to happen as much now. Um, I don't know if that's just a bit more experience or luck. I would imagine it's more luck than anything, um, but yeah, it it seems to be the case that like I can I I, I know I've only got this set amount of time to to write. This is my working hours. I don't tend to you know have a problem with okay. I'm going to sit there, and also I write quite quickly, so I can box off two thousand words in an hour or two, and and I'd be and be happy with that. And yes, they will need editing, and you know they will need going over again. But at least the words are there to be changed, and I always find that having something on the page rather than nothing to work with um, is the best way that I that I I work. I have absolutely no problem with with having the worst first draft ever produced. Uh, I I have no problem with that. Um, it's it's something that I've I've done from the beginning, um, and I, I I can't imagine sitting there and revising every single last word before I deliver to my agent and my editor. I, I just, I, I won't do that because I, I value their opinion so highly that I, I, I tend to just, it's almost what, 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 what I call it is like a vomit draft where it's just my brain is just, this is the idea I've had for the story. This is the story and it's just out there. And now you help me make, make it make sense. <laughs> you know, it's, that's what I do. It's like I, I I rely on them to kind of say like, yeah, okay, this makes you know this 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 does make sense in here. This doesn't. I don't know what we're doing over here and what this character is doing and what happened to this person and and you you seem to have gone from being in one country to another within like you know and not really explain how that happened. Um, I I I. I, I do spend some time, as I said, towards the end of of the of of, of writing when I'm getting closer to delivering. Is is when I've changed my mind is to go back and and make it make sense. But the actual words themselves, 
I can get a first draft done in four to six weeks and then spend six to eight months editing it. And, and I find that's the way that I, I work best is to have that, have the words on the page to, to revise rather than um, trying to make those words as best as possible before letting anyone else see it. I have no um, no airs and graces about my my, my books. Um, I, I say that, but there's only like two people who ever see those very early drafts. Um, but yeah, I've no problem with with with, with working with with my editor and my agents on on those first drafts and, and letting them see this you know this this these terrible early early versions of the books that eventually get published. Let's run through. Oh, I, lastly, actually, when you've kind of finished that last bit of writing for the day and you're making dinner or whatever it is, how good are you at switching off? Because you're you seem to be very good at compartmentalizing when you are writing in these couple of hours bursts uh, what about at the end of the day can you just let it go or is it always there it's always there um it, it, it never it never leaves me um the when i'm when i'm really deep into a book it's 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 very consuming um and there are there are tv series that we've watched in the evenings that i have absolutely no memory of us ever watching um because i've been just sat there just Going over and over things in my head about about the book I was currently writing, um, it's 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 only because it's only a short space a space of time as well where I'm I'm writing those first drafts. It's 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 very easy to get lost in them um, and to get lost in those stories and go like, oh, how do I make this work? How does this character make sense to me? How does this? What are their motivations? And and how do I get from this place to this next place? And invariably, those 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 evenings where I'm just going over and over those parts of the story that 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 I'm trying to figure out, are where the you know where the answers come from, um, it makes it more difficult you know at home because you know most of the time people are you know, <laughs> I've got a wife and two 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 children who you know they want to have you know a, a back and forth conversation whereas i may not be in the same room mentally with them <laughs> so like they have to give me a nudge and say are you thinking about the book and it's like yes sorry you know it's <laughs> i'm just staring into space um but yeah i think i find those those a lot of, i didn't realize how much of of being a writer was was literally just thinking you know it's like i i have to say like you know it's like if you know people come in and say well i didn't hear that the keyboard clacking away and it's because and it's so you weren't obviously working and it's like no no i get i i i i'm i'm thinking that's part of the job (laughs) (laughs) so when i'm sat in the in the in the living room it's like you know i'll I'll have to have like a little pad next to me where i can just drop down things and then uh, they go back on the desk of the the random disordered thoughts can you run us through a writing routine of a year, I'd say. I'm, I'm always interested to see how full-time writers do it when they get ideas, then when they'll start writing them. So so say you've just handed in your final copy of a novel. What happens the next day? And then kind of run us through, uh, I guess, the next 12 months. When do you have the idea? When? How long will you give that to brood in your brain? When will you start writing that? So I'll have usually a couple of ideas very brief very very sparse ideas when i've delivered um the final version of of a book is i i I will write down that literally that day i'll write down a couple of ideas myself of maybe possibly one line um you know thoughts or 
a character name or a, or you know a very brief description of a plot or a, usually it's usually a, a theme is in there as well so they'll be like okay i want to write about grief or or or, or something like that um the celebrity was, was was one of i think it was my third novel was very much about celebrity and my sixth book was about friendship um and things like that will go into like a not a you know, a, a word cloud or anything like that, but it's, you know, just little jottings to myself. So that will happen pretty much as at the day possibly of, of me delivering the final version of the book, but it'll already have been percolating before that <clears throat> of, of, of what I was going to write next. Um, so then I'll try and refine those ideas over the course of a month. Um, whilst I'm doing all the things I hadn't done in the year previous while I was writing the last one. Um, so it's, you know, that's that's like my downtime. And then I'll have a meeting with uh, my editor and my agent and we'll go over what ideas I've got for the next book and I'll run through some of them. I don't like to write in a vacuum. I like them to know, ex- you know, what I am working on. So we'll have a, a meeting and we'll go over the ideas and I basically we'll pitch a few different ideas and see which one gets the best reaction and go, okay, that might be the one. Um, but it's also like, I'll then spend a good few weeks where I'll, I'll try not to plot out a book, but just to see if the idea has legs of, is it going to be, you know, a, a good enough story to, to sustain itself over 400 pages, which is always the, the difficulty because you may have an idea and, after writing 5,000 words, realize you've written a short story and not a full-length book, which publishers really don't appreciate if you deliver. <laughs> They've they, they paid for 400 pages. I'm trying to deliver a pamphlet. They don't They don't like that. So um, I will spend a good few weeks doing that, and then I'll start a, a first draft. And I, when I start a first draft, I usually have the opening scene, uh, two characters, uh, and a midway plot point, and that'll be it. Um, and I'll just start writing, um, and I'll have a first draft done usually within two months, sometimes three. It as I've come gone gone further in my career, it, it's tending towards the three month mark. Um, and then I'll deliver that draft, um, and then we spend a good five to six months editing. Um, we usually do five to six drafts back and forth. Um, my editor is great for, you know, picking up on 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 things that don't quite work and um, and and you know pointing those out um, and allow me the 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 space to to work it out for myself of how to fix those. She doesn't, she's not prescriptive in that way. She 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 says like you know I don't think this quite works would you know like what would you know like can you make this make more sense or or that type of thing and and i go back and i and i can usually see it for myself um so that will happen four five six times where i will go back and forth um and then yeah it, it's usually that usually takes a space over five to six months um and that takes up most of the year then it's then it's copy edits after that um once we're both happy with a draft the copy edits will editor will come back invariably with with different things that, that you know like usually just to do with time uh timings of like you know 
this all takes space in, in, in one day and then we lose four days and things like that. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I'll go back and fix that. Um, and then it's, uh, yeah, and then, you know, proof, and then all of a sudden you realize that it's been a year since you've been writing this book and you've been living with it for a year and, and you've been dealing with it for a year and then you're done with it. Um, and then it may be another six to eight months or maybe sometimes it's been even longer before the book comes out and which by which time I'm already writing another book. You know, and uh, usually I'll be doing events talking about a book that I have absolutely no memory of writing. I don't know anything about the book, and I have to check it. I have to go back and check and see what it's about. And that's happened to me numerous times where I've been doing events for books that I wrote two years before then, just because of publishing schedules and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll have to go back and go, like, well, who, you know, who is that person? What was that? Why did I do that? What was, you know, and then you start questioning past Luca. That's when it's, you know, that's when it's fun. Like, you know, of like, you know, just going, Oh, what was I thinking there? Or oh, that was quite good. I can't believe I came up with that. Which <laughs> is always good fun to discover. Um, but, uh, you know, during all of that time, of course, as well as you're doing a lot of events, you're doing a lot of, um, a lot of things like this, where you, you know, you're talking about uh, on podcasts and, and, and things like that. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of fit all of that in around, you know, you know, doing the the, the, the actual work that, that that means you can do all of those fun things like events and, and gigs. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We'll be back with more from Luca in just a sec on the show. I hope you're really enjoying this week. It's a good, beefy one. Really going through the reads of what happens when you're a full-time author. And hopefully there's some brilliant tips in there too that might help you get published if that's something that you're working to one day. If you are enjoying the show, by the way, if you think that we maybe have helped out on that journey to you being a published author... Uh, You can always support us. You can always help us out and pledge to become a backer at patreon.com forward slash writers routine. Really doesn't cost a lot. A few dollars a month helps us keep going. It helps us keep bringing you these chats with the best authors around as often as we can. For that, you get our unending thanks, of course. You get that really just for listening. Also, you get merch, you get bonus content, extra episodes, and there is even a way for your book to sponsor this show. If you'd like to make that happen, 
and help us out in the process if you'd like a big old plug on the show for thousands of listeners around the world every week so they can hear exclusively about your book become a backer pledge to support the show just a few dollars a month anything that you can spare goes an extraordinarily long way over at patreon.com forward slash writers routine let's get back to it then chatting with luca vesti about his new novel you never said goodbye it's all about sam cooper who lost his mum early in life and then he gets a call from his dad which changes everything that he thought he knew you can hear about why it's been percolating for a while ever since an event in his childhood also we talk about why he writes in different genres and what he needs to do before he starts writing them and as I've said, Luca's fully immersed in the world of writing. He hosts a writing podcast, has started a writing festival. He's in a band, the fun-loving crime writers with other crime writers. And we talk about that. Why has he fully dived into this world? I had no um, plans to be a writer whatsoever. I didn't write when I was a kid. I read. I read extensively. Um, I, you know, I grew up on council estates and, and, and uh, you know, across Merseyside. And what I was always lucky is that they always had a library. So, so that was like a free form of entertainment. Because um, we, as you know, I grew up in a very, very... Um, poor household we had a television that you had to put a pound in and you got eight hours um and my my dad would invariably say like well i need at least three to four for the evening uh, so you can't just put the telly on in, in the in the day kids you know <laughs> you have to find your own entertainment and i found that there was a place where you could go and get free entertainment they let you take it home and and then you can bring it back and get different free entertainment the next day in the library so I found that and I and I read everything I could get my hands on as a kid until I was about 14 or 15 and then um, like every other young lad in in in, in Merseyside uh, you know you either want to be a footballer or a boxer um, and I tried both uh, and failed at both uh, I wanted to be an actor failed at that I wanted to be a musician failed at that I did you know I was in bands and, and did the pub circuit for years and I kind of fell into full-time work and I worked in the civil service in my 20s and it, I made it was made redundant when I was about 28 and uh, and, I, and I had a choice to make my wife was 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 instrumental in saying to me you know you should have gone to university she's always said that to me he should have gone to university when he was younger. And I was like, that didn't, you know, that, that was never an option for any of us. That wasn't something that people like me did. And she said, well, you've got time now. We've got, you know, the opportunity to go and see if, if you can do it. So I went and did an access course at the University of Liverpool. Uh, that went really well. So I started studying criminology and psychology. During this time, I kind of fell back in love with, with reading. Um, I was, I, started reviewing books online on my own blog this is back in 2010 2011 when there wasn't as many as there is now there's is a huge amount of blogs now there wasn't that many when i was doing it um and I, and it was through reviewing books that i started talking to other writers and and i, I kind of just fell into writing short stories accidentally uh, but i still at that point still didn't think that was you know what i was gonna do um you know, it was it was something other people did. When I grew up, when I was growing up, I thought like you had to like you know, you had to be very posh, very rich, and live in a castle. Then you could become a writer. You know, I didn't think it was available for people like me, so I never tried. And it wasn't until I got to like twenty eight, twenty nine years of age that I realised that you know, like I can 
I can, I'm allowed to do this. Um, I come from a very large family. Um, and in order to stand out, you have to be able to tell a good story. So it was always there, the ability to tell a story. I just didn't know how to kind of express it. I started writing short stories. They got a really good reaction. And I, and it was just like the next step was to write a novel. It was just uh, organic. Um, so I started writing a novel. This is during my first year at university as a mature student. Uh, that got picked up by an agent. Uh, then it got published in my second year at university. Uh, it was by uh, Avon, who were, who, who were part of HarperCollins. Um, and then book three, uh, when I came to, I was in third year at university that got picked up by Simon Schuster and got picked up for an amount which meant that I knew then I wasn't going to become a a psychologist I wasn't going to do anything to do with my degree I was going to be a full-time writer um and obviously by that point I I I knew that this is what I wanted to do I'd been spent I'd spent 20 years not realizing that this is this is what I wanted to do and and so when I realized that when I realized how much I enjoyed it and not just the writing part, the community, um, I wanted to immerse myself in it completely. And when I, when I do that, I do go, I do go overboard. I do everything I can to not just, you know, uh, make friends and things like that, but just to try and give back something as well as, to, and I'm also very much a show off. Um, so doing events, was was it was incredibly easy for me because you know all that acting that I did when I was younger was all just about showing off it was all just you know it's it's all just um you know just a performance um and it's something I really enjoyed doing um so I did you know I did as many events as which which leads leads to obviously you know doing a lot more of that kind of thing that led to doing the podcast because that's just another way of 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 you know of being you know um, uh, show off <laughs> you know it's like i like the, i think i'm interested enough for people to listen to my voice for for an hour and a half uh, so i did that with steve kavanagh um and, and we have a lot of fun doing that um and then the band came along which was just more about recapturing something that was lost you know i wanted to be a rock star you know i wanted to be in a band um and then you know after after four or five years of doing the pub circuit on my own to three or four people in the, in a pub getting paid you know 20 quid that kind of i fell out of love with it um but the band fun love and crime writers is just pure fun um and you know that that has been the the best thing in the last couple of years of uh, you know in uh, the last few years before you know, a pandemic where we couldn't do gigs. It was brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. We're just getting back to it now. Um, we've got a fair few gigs lined up, and and yeah, it's that's amazing. But these are all opportunities that are unlocked through you know writing those short stories all those years ago and taking a chance um, and and trying something that I didn't think I had any um, any reason to be doing any 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 ability to do. Um, and yeah, it's it's been an incredible ride for like the last decade. I think I am. Though I think last year was my my ten years in, in, of writing. Um, so I've been doing it eleven years now. It's I've done some terrible jobs in the past. Uh, I did anything I could just to make some money because you know I wanted to make money. Um, you know I've worked in chippies. I've worked in in a pizza place making dough for 
pizza bases. Oh, that was the way. It was horrible. Um, that you know, I've done. You know, I've worked in pawnbrokers. I've worked. I worked for six months as a kitchen and bathroom designer. Uh, I had absolutely no experience of doing so. I was nineteen. And I absolutely just went into an interview and just blagged it completely where I was like, yeah, I had no problem doing this. Uh, and then they, they, they let me go eventually when they realized I couldn't design kitchens and bathrooms. <laughs> I've done some, you know, I've done some terrible, terrible jobs. Um, I, you know, and, and this by far is, is it's, it's the greatest job in the world. So being immersed in the community of it is just my way of, 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 enjoying the, the the best job i've ever had even more this story has been been in mind for a good number of years um the the because the 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 initial idea for the book was some that's based on something that happened when i was um eight years old um so it, it's the idea has existed for a long long time um my mum left uh, when i was eight um, and we didn't see her for a, for a number of months, and she came back. Um, uh, but I always wondered, like, what would happen if she had never came back? I'd never, and I didn't know what why she'd left, or or, or I knew why she'd left, but I don't know if, if um, you know, I didn't know what had happened to her. Um, so the idea for this, but so for the last ten years, it was one of those things that was in the back of my head of like, you know, it would be interesting to to explore as an idea. Um, writing you know while writing a book is to, to explore something that you know i've never really been able to come to terms with um so i i i, I had this idea for, about uh, but i didn't know how to to approach it especially with the books i was writing um before they were all very like the first four were police procedurals and i wrote a, a you know like a crime horror um crossover um, then another police procedural, and you know they didn't. That idea wouldn't have quite worked with any of those novels. When I moved uh, publisher with my eighth novel, it gave me the opportunity to kind of approach um, writing in a different way, in a different kind of subgenre of crime. And this idea was instant. Of this is what I. I've wanted to write about for a long time and now I have the opportunity and the space to kind of do it. Um, the initial idea didn't, didn't, um, didn't actually come to, to pass when I was writing the book. You know, I did change quite a lot of, of that, that personal um, story um, to make it more interesting as a, as a book, because, you know, all the best ideas that you have before writing a book don't tend to work <laughs> properly. <laughs> um, so you know it did change a little bit in that in 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 the writing of the book, but um, you know that that still that sense of of loss and and grief is 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 patently in in the book. Um, it's come from a very you know dark personal place. Um, you know, like Sam the Sam Cooper, the 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 you know the main character in the book is you know, goes through a lot of the same thoughts and processes and same experiences that I did as I was growing up of, of, you know, the, the abandonment of it is, is, you know, of, of, of a, of a parents, you know, not, not being there anymore. It's very much, it's very much there in the pages. Um, so the, the idea came to me, it, this is like, um, 
you know, I've, I've, the idea came to me years and years ago when I was started writing that, you know, this would be a good idea for a book. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until, you know, book eight that it, that it actually came to, to be. So when you sit there at book eight and you're finally going to write this story that's been bubbling away for a little while, what do you do before you type that first sentence? How much do you kind of figure out about what this plot is going to be, especially for a story like this that you have sat on for a little while? So I I had a rough sketch of 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 how what I wanted to to explore through the book. Um, I wanted to you know it open with with you know the the the, the disappearance of of Sam's mother um and then to jump forward in time to when he's an adult and how that kind of experience has has, has infected him growing up um that obviously changed because if you read the book that's not what happens now but i mean it, it it's more about like now you know she dies at the beginning um and he's there when it happens. So it's very much more concrete. He knows what happened to her. But then it became very much more about the mystery of when he returns to his father's bedside um, after he's after he's been taken to hospital. He hasn't seen his dad for 20 years, and his dad informs him of something that just can't be true. The mystery of that is, is what drives the book. That was very much there in the beginning when I started writing the book. If someone came along to you and told you everything you thought you knew for the past 20, 30 years wasn't the case, it's like, how do you deal with that? Um, I, I knew at that point that although the book would, would start in the UK, I knew I wanted a broader canvas. So I knew that America would be where most of the book would be set. Um, so I started researching different places in America um so bef- i'd written about 70 pages and i kind of stopped for a good two to three months just looking at different settings in, in america about where i wanted the book to be set and i ended up going on a research trip to america um after doing a hell of a lot of Google street maps and, and, you know, YouTube videos, I decided on a place that I thought would work. I went to Connecticut, a small town in Connecticut called Mystic. Um, I, so I, I decided I was going to do this. I was going to, I was going to, I've never done anything like this before. My, my research consisted of me just getting on a bus in the middle of Liverpool and just going around and all just remembering places. Um, so I did the journey that I knew that Sam in the book would have to do. So I did it myself. I flew into Boston. I got the Amtrak down to Mystic in Connecticut. Um, and then I spent a week just walking around and and talking to people and going to various diners and bars. And I would walk miles just around the place just to get a feel of it. Um, I went to you know the local bookstore. I'd go into the local antique store. I'd, and I would talk to people while I was there. And, and, I'd, and I'd tell them what I was doing and, and I'd ask some questions. And if I found out so much information that didn't even end up in the book for the most part. You know, just, but it gave me a sense of the place that I wouldn't have had. Um, I did this two weeks before the first lockdown in the UK. I landed... Um, I landed and about a week and a half later, uh, you know, we're now not allowed to leave the house. So I, I timed it well. Um, I still have the copy of 
the, uh, the the Connecticut newspaper that I picked up on my last day there. Um, it's called The Day. Uh, and on the on the headline of that paper, it's first case confirmed in the state. <laughs> so I'll keep that for a long time because yeah, everything changed when I got when I, after I got back. Um, so I wrote the book, you know, during lockdown. So I didn't have the opportunity to you know go and you know kind of procrastinate too much because it was you know I was I was there was not much else to do other than write, and I think that kind of worked for me a lot to be honest. Um, so I mean that's like is like two years ago. So it shows you that that what what you know how long it can take for you know writing a book to actually seeing it on the shelves is it can be a long long time. Um, but yeah, it that 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 those first seventy pages, whilst they didn't end up for the most part being in the published version, they did give me a very good idea about what. Um, what the book was about mostly and it gave me a good sense of, of who Sam was and how he was going to react to being told that his whole life had been a lie. It's interesting you were saying you had sat on this book because it wouldn't fit into other genres that you've uh, worked on before. You've done police procedural and, and kind of crime horror and now thriller. When you're When you're switching genre like that, how much do you think about what's changing and what you need to write so for instance when you're writing a crime as opposed to uh well a police police procedural crime how much do you think about the little tweaks that need to be made i think about them a lot i think about about i think about them a lot because I, I don't want to i don't want to get anything wrong um when i was writing the police procedurals i would spend hours upon hours just get dr- driving down into the minutiae of how a, uh, the police would work um and and how police procedurals i read as many books in those genres as possible um because that's the best way to learn how to write a book is to read a lot of them um so i'd read every police procedural just to see if i if i was doing it right um crime horrors you know the same way there was like you know those crime horror kind of crossovers there's people who've done that really really well like like there's, there's steve mosby there's john connolly there's mo hayder um so i would i would I read i read everything that they they wrote but um i think as i've got i've got more confident as a writer I start. I've started writing more about. I started writing the books that that, that, that feel right to me, um, and, and, I, and I kind of trust my experience as a reader of those genres. And I don't tend to write in genres that I haven't read because I, I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't. I'm not going to write the, the the you know a, a romance novel because I have absolutely no idea how that that they work. I leave that to the experts. Um, but I do. Uh, I do think about you know, the, the mechanics of it quite a lot. So when I was writing, you never said goodbye. Um, cause it's very different to, to what I'd written before. Um, I did think about like, you know, the, the fact that pace would, was always going to be the, the biggest thing for that book. It had to be relentless. It had to be, it couldn't just, you know, be okay. This set piece happens and then 40 pages, nothing happens other than some people talking. Um, I discovered that from writing various drafts of the book, though. So in the first early versions of, of the book, one of the things that I noticed quite quickly was that I would have a big set piece on stage. There would be a big fight or there would be a chase scene. And then for 40 pages, you know, it would just be two people talking. And if I'm getting bored, 
than I definitely think that a reader will be. Uh, so I, 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 I had to change that, and that was a, like a very big change in in in, in how I wrote novels. Um, you know, my my earlier books were very much based on on on, on a lot of dialogue and a lot of character interaction. Um, I don't know where that came from, but that's just how I I I kind of wrote the books um, of just characters interacting. This one was a bit different in that, you know, there would still be that element of it, but there would also be a hell of a lot more action in it as well because I wanted the reader to be able to just sit down and just keep reading and not realise how much time has passed rather than it being, you know, I'll pick up this book, I'll read a few chapters and I can put it down because, you know, when I come back to it, you know, and I'll be okay. This is very different. Um, so, I, yeah, it, that was a huge change. Um, and that took a long time to get right and numerous drafts of the book to get right. Um, because you can also then go too far the other way where it's just like, how is this guy still standing up? Um, you know, it, it's there's far too much happening. So I, I kind of did break down the book quite a lot, you know, and, and into, into, and, 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 and went, okay, so this page, this is happening, okay, and then 10 pages later, this can happen. And then, you know, and did it that way where, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a bit, it was a bit more mechanical than, than usually, it usually is. Um, but I, I, it did work for that book and it's working for the one I'm writing now as well, where, you know, I can, you know, look at it in that way and not lose any of the kind of heart and, and, and the, 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 the realism that, that, that I feel the book has to have as well. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, it did make a, a huge difference changing subgenre. So it's all under the umbrella of crime, but these subgenres do have quite, you know, quite a lot of differences between them. So writing, uh, like dead gone, my first novel, for example, was very different to writing, you never said goodbye. The, the, the processes were incredibly different. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it, but I feel like if I'd have tried to write this book as my first novel, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Uh, it's only by having that experience of, of, of writing seven novels before. And I, I felt comfortable and confident enough to actually attempt to write it. Um, so yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, I'm glad I found, you know, I'm glad I tried it in the end. Um, I was, I'm, I'm really enjoying writing this kind of book. Thank you so much to Luca Vesti for coming on the show. You can get a copy of the brand new book, You Never Said Goodbye, right now. If you do fancy it, support your local bookshop if you can. That would really go a long way. Next week on the show, one of my heroes, really, Danny Wallace. He's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a presenter. He's a, a man of many ideas who does them. You might know him from Yes Man, which became the Jim Carrey movie, much changed Jim Carrey movie, but effectively Danny spent the whole year just saying yes to every decision. Also, he wrote Join Me, where he started a cult based on kindness. Since those uh, young man projects, I think he calls them, He's moved into writing for adults and he writes for kids as well. And we talk about that. We talk about how he figures out where an idea is going to go. It's a brilliant chat. I know you're going to love it. That's next week with Danny Wallace. In the meantime, follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can get in touch at 
writersroutine.com and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at writerspod there. And if you can, I'd love to see you backing the show and pledging to help us at patreon.com forward slash writersroutine. And we're back next week with Danny Wallace on the show. Until then, bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.